it may not be what you think it is. So a lot of times, well, I'm in the wilderness, and Lord, where are you? No. Well, let's pray. This, Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, for feeding us. Lord, may we be like little birds in the nest. I'm waiting for Mama Bird to put the little food in our mouths. Lord, you are feeding us with spiritual food. Lord, you feed us so that we can become strong. Lord, that we can be men and women of God, full of passion, full of compassion, full of power, full of love, full of those fruit of the Spirit that we may endure everything that may come our way and into this world. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would turn to Luke chapter 4, as we, as we start this, God is drawing us closer to Him, or He's wanting to. You know, when, when a person is drawn into sin, what happens when a person is drawn into sin? <coughs> they look at something, they hear something, they start thinking about it, and, and they're drawn toward that, right? It, it, becomes, it becomes something that, that they're, ooh, they're drawn toward. It. Well, in the same way, the Spirit of God is drawing us, drawing us. See, we always think we're drawn towards it. No, you need to start seeing yourself drawn to the Spirit of God, that, that he, is, he is bidding you. And I don't want to say he's tempting you, because that's not a good word, but, but he's, he's drawing you into a closer, relate, into a closer, he's pulling you in, and, and he wants you to come to him. Abandon yourself. Forget about the thoughts, the negativity, all the, all the, the, the junk, the... Even your bad thoughts, he's still drawing you in because he loves you. He says, come boldly, right, to the throne of grace. Come boldly. You can run in there. You can come boldly that you may obtain grace and find out that I'm butchering it. Go, go to Hebrews 4 real quick. Because I'm not going to butcher it. I know the verse, but it's not coming out right. Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore come boldly. We'll go to verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. The high priest was immediately, he went before God for man. That's what the priest did. He, he stood in the gap. You read about the priests, what they did in the Old Testament. What a, that's a nasty, 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 nasty job that they had. Nasty, filthy, dirty. Killing animals, continuing. Bl handling blood, burning part. I mean, just, it's, it is just, it's gross what they had to do. And yet, he's our high priest who stands, he... <laughs> Well, let's just keep reading. Isn't it something that says, let us hold fast our confession? We'll get into that later. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. He never sinned. 
He became sin on the cross. He never sinned and yet willingly took upon himself sin. That's a, that's a mind blower to me. Can you imagine Willie going, Willie's an innocent man, and all of a sudden he's charged for murder for three other people. And they charge him. And he takes he takes the punishment that he knows he never did anything. Now, how would that make you feel? Not very. You you'd probably be ticked off. In the natural. <laughs> I can't even say here. But I want you to see that Jesus willingly did that. You think he had to? Well, it was the plan, but. He said to the Father, if there's any other way, take this cup. <laughs> Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so he, he bore that brunt for us. Okay. Enough of that. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. That we may obtain what? Mercy and find, and find grace to help in time of need. So he says, come boldly to me. If I ask for a show of hands, how many of you feel like you're in the wilderness? I think many of you would raise your hand if you were honest with yourself. Many of you here. I don't feel like I'm in the wilderness. Now, I was, I've been in the wilderness. I'm not in the wilderness. But I am. Because when you really see what the wilderness is, it, I in Luke 4. Verse number 1. That Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you read John, if you read Luke 3, he's baptized. Go to verse 21, chapter 3, verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. He told John in another gospel, you know, this has to be done. Because John, you should be baptizing me. What in the world am I baptizing you for? You should. No, let it be done for, for, for everything needs to be fulfilled. It, and so he was baptized when he's when he was baptized and while he prayed, the heavens was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. He's not a dove, he came and landed on him like a dove. Remember last week I said a dove, I found out doesn't eat anything in, they don't eat any impure, un, in, nasty stuff. Even though I always think the dove is kind of nasty. Well, that's me. Upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, and in you I am well pleased. Go back to verse 1, Luke 4. When Jesus is being filled with the Holy Spirit, he's filled. Are you hearing me? He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody in here that I know is filled with the Holy Spirit. With the others speaking other tongues. I don't want to get into that because there's a lot of debate on that and people. Just follow what scriptures say. And you'll be okay. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. So, he was led by the Spirit. I forgot to read that part. Returned into Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led where? 
What does the wilderness mean to you? I'm asking, what does the wilderness mean to you? He was led into the wilderness. What does that mean? Desolate. Okay, desolate. Lack of people, lack of resources. Confusion. You know what the word wilderness means? Being filled with the Spirit, he returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And, and you hit it, Ralph. The word means lonesome. It means solitary. Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. Led him into a lonesome place. Led him into a solitary place. What does that mean to us? He leads us into a place where he's saying, you know what? It's one-on-one. -on -one, you and me. Solitary, lonesome. Now, I don't want anything, well, I'm lonely. No, you're alone. You're lonesome. He's saying, I'm calling you. I'm calling you toward me. I'm calling you to me in a lonesome, solitary place where it's you and me. See, too many times we, we want people, we want social media, we want all these things, and the Lord is calling us to Himself one-on-one. -on -one. That can be a scary place for many people. But he, He's not calling you one-on-one -on -one to beat the snot out of you. He's calling, remember we talked, to, we gave an altar call last week at the end about leaving their first love. No, He's calling you one-on-one. -on -one. Dwell in the secret place. One-on-one. -on -one. You know, if, 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 hold your plate. Go to Matthew. Just, just follow this. Matthew 6, verse 5, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to, to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you pray, have shut your door, pray to your followers in the secret place. He said, go in the closet, go in the secret place, go in. Who's there? Who's there? You and the Spirit of God. See, he tells him when we pray, it's one-on-one. -on -one. He's saying, it's, it's, he's calling one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> Wilderness. See, many times we feel like, man, we're desolate, we're, we're, we're dry. Well, he wants, to, he wants to give you some fluid. He wants to wetten you. He wants to pour out the anointing of joy. He, he wants to do those things. But we have to come in, we have to go to the wilderness, one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want to be one-on-one. -on -one. See, we have to learn how to be one-on-one -on -one with Him. When you get married, you have to learn how to be one-on-one -on -one with your spouse, right? <laughs> now, we, we understand, well... Go to Philippians 2. Wilderness is a time of testing. 
Now, he was led to be tested by the devil. Let me ask you, does, does God lead us in the, cause us, call us into the wilderness to be alone with him, to be tested, or be tested by the devil? No. I'm telling you, no. Jesus was tempted of the death 40 days. Remember, he had to beat, and, and there's three main tests that the first John talks about. Pride of life, lust of the... There, there's three. I don't want to get into that. But so Jesus had to, to overcome what Adam didn't do. Okay? But he's let out in the spirit to a lonesome place, a solitary place. When Jesus, now he's fasting too, and I'm not even talking about fasting today. But he was fasting. When he came out, Luke 4, 14, he came out in the power of the Spirit. Now, yes, he's fasting. He's being tempted by the devil. But when you're with God, when you're one-on-one -on -one with God, it's a place of strengthening and empowering. <laughs> Fasting is a place where we deny ourselves of food. Why? So we can get strengthened and empowered by God and, and, and become closer to Him. Are you following me? But I'm not talking about fasting. But I'm talking to you about the wilderness. It's a place of lonesome, being lonesome. It's a place of solitary. You know, when people are locked up in solitary confinement... Some of those people, they go crazy. Sometimes we need to lock ourselves up in a solitary confinement with Him. See, that's why every day He wants you to lock yourself in with Him for a period of time, whatever that may be to you. Are you following me? See, He wants to empower us. And let me tell you, with, with where this world is heading, God's pouring out His Spirit. We're going to see great things. But the world's heading, it, the world's messed up. If you haven't figured that out, the, the system's broken. It doesn't work. It's messed up, and it's getting worse out there. It's just, it's crazy out there. The thought processes, the, the mindset, what people are being drawn to. That's why you need to start praying for people that they're drawn to God. People are going to be drawn to you, and you're not even going to know why happening with our neighbors. They're being drawn to us. Well, they don't know what it is. It's the Spirit of God. Are you, where did I say to go? Philippians 2. Okay, go there. Philippians 2. Verse 12. I'm going to read it out of a couple of trans... Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as, not as in my presence only, but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We're working our own salvation out with God. Well, what are we working out? We're working out if a lot of it is do we believe what he really did for us? And are we going to walk in that? We work out our own salvation. Because when you understand you're saved and what salvation is, you start walking in the new, 
the, the new reality, your new identity. You start walking in those things. We Too many people and too many times will walk in the old identity. They're identifying with all kinds of crazy stuff. We can't even figure out what a boy and a girl is anymore. There's a clothing. No, there's new dolls out now that they're gender uh, neutral and they're like half and half. And you think, what? Are you kidding me? We, we, are, we, can't, we can't figure out what we are. You know why? Because there's no identity in Christ. And when, when there's no identity in Christ, the, the identity of a person is, is everywhere. They and you'll see people, they'll identify with this, that. that, that. Boy, they change. I've, I've seen loved ones. Man, they change like a chameleon. They identify with this group of people. Then this group, man, that didn't work. This group, this group, this group. And you think, what? Because there's no, there's nothing there. No wonder God's calling us into the wilderness. <clears throat> because when you come out, you're coming out in power. Now I'm going to show you something else in a moment. Philippians 2, verse 12. Out of the Amplified. And Jessica loves the Amplified. She's the Amplified Queen on Thursdays that we can always count. She's got the Amplified, and praise God. Therefore, now listen, there's a lot of wording here. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, carry out, to the goal and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Let me read that again, that, that part, not the whole thing. Because watchfulness against temptation, timidly Timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God. We need to shrink from those things that, are, that offend God. Not shrink back when, when pressure's on. No, we're to timidly shrink back from those things that offend God and discredit the name of Christ. We're shrinking to the wrong thing. We're shrinking to the pressure. Oh my God, I'm, I'm the only Christian in my workplace. You need to praise God. Well, I want to work where other Christians do. And then you'll find out there's just as carnal many times as any other person. Maybe God has you there to influence and be a light and let the presence of God roll off you and onto them, and they don't know what in the world is going on. Amen. Praise God. You want to be a spy for God. They don't know what's going on. You're in there, and you're influencing them, and they... Praise God. Go to Exodus 16. God does tremendous things. Frees them from the Egyptian rule of bondage. Ten plagues. They come out, he parts the Red Sea. Now they complain a lot. Parts the Red Sea, they go through it, and they're just... They're just praising God, the song. Uh, go to Exodus. Maybe you're there. I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. But 
after the Passover, the Red Sea crossing, the song of Moses, and they're all praising God for a little while. So they didn't have any water. But Exodus 16, verse 1. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, and that's interesting, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day and the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. They complained. Where? In the wilderness. They just got freed, and now they're complaining they're in the wilderness. Well, the, the wilderness, you know what? When you're in the wilderness, there's one place God's taking you to the promised land. He's taking you to the fulfillment of his promises. That's where he's taking you. You're in the wilderness being alone, lonely, and one-on-one and -on -one with God so he can take you into the promises. That the promises are yes and amen. That you can see the promises fulfilled in your life. That's where he's taking you. And we think, ah, what? Oh, the devil, the devil this. Oh, good. No, how about God this and God that? Amen. Well, the devil's doing this. Who cares? The devil's doing what he does. That's why he's the devil. He's a liar. Anything that's a lie is not of God. Isn't that simple? It's a lie. Half-truth. Well, people do half-truths all the time. Verse 3. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the, in the land of Egypt. If we would die by the hand of the Lord? They're thinking, well, the hand of the Lord wants to kill us. That's the furthest thing from God. God's trying to get them free. Get them into the promised land. Getting into the place where God gave them from the foundation of time. Oh, that we had died in the hand of the Lord in the Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat. Exactly. They sat by the pots of meat. Mm -hmm. Didn't say they ate it. <laughs> they sat by... Man... Oh, 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 they sat by the pots of meat. And when we ate bread to the full, they were slaves. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. You brought us to the wilderness to kill us. God got you in the wilderness. That's a great place to be. Because he's calling you one on one. Nothing happens in the wilderness. There's a whole lot happening in the wilderness. You might be tempted in the wilderness. But if you go to Matthew, does God tempt with evil? Of course not. In Matthew 6.13, in the New Living says, and, then, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And I like that. Don't let us yield to temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I like how the new living. And don't let us yield to temptation. God wants us to yield to Him. And His presence is what? Fullness of joy. They complain. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven. He rained bread from heaven. 
He met their needs in the wilderness. God will meet you and not only meet your needs, but go to verse 10. Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. You know what's, you know what's in the wilderness? You know what's in the wilderness? God will feed you, take care of you. They looked toward the wilderness and behold the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. What else is in the wilderness? His glory. His presence is in the wilderness. That's why he's calling one-on-one. -on -one. Go to Genesis. Go to Genesis 32. You might have to rustle a little bit. See, God. what's God wanting? He's wanting us to believe him. The more you focus on God, the less you focus on you. Amen. The less you focus on you, the more God can do. And the more God can do, and the more God does, the more you'll see His power, you'll see the fulfillment of His promises. Amen. And then you'll realize it's not us, it's Him. Amen. Well, look at my great faith. Oh, Jesus. How many mornings do you wake up and start unbelief? <laughs> well, uh, Genesis 32. Speaking of Jacob. What's Jacob doing? He's running from Esau. Literally. You might be running from things and God will lead you. You're running, God's leading you to the wilderness. What he's doing, he's leading you to himself. Because the very thing you're running from is the very thing God wants you to overcome. But you're not going to overcome those things without Him. You're not going to overcome those things without the presence of God, without His His Word. When Jesus, we'll get to Genesis there. When Jesus was tempted three times, three different times, what did He do? Remember, He's filled with the Holy Spirit, so He's fellowship with the Holy. He's filled with the Holy Spirit and God. What did he do three times? He quoted scriptures. They're all in Deuteronomy. He's quoted the scriptures. See, when, when we're alone with God, God's going to, He, the Spirit of God, is going to bring you to the scriptures. Why? So He can reveal God to you. So He can reveal what God is wanting to say to you. Every prophetic word Every word that you may get from somebody is should it's it's covered it should be covered in the scriptures. Back to Genesis thirty-two. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. Do you see that? Jacob was left alone. He separated his family because if Esau is going to come and get me, at least he's not going to get my family. That's his thinking. So he's alone. Remember the wilderness. Lonesome. Solitary. He's alone. But Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. A man. 
my Bible, the word man is capitalized. Just speaking of God. And if you and if you keep reading, so Jacob named verse thirty called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face in my life. He met with God. He wrestled with God. He's alone. Jacob was left alone. He wrestled. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Isn't that something? When you're in the wilderness, God, God wants to bless you. He won't, He's alone. He's wrestling. He's afraid. Do you think fear was in his mind when he's wrestling with God? I don't think so. I don't know. It doesn't say but he's wrestling, and then what did he say? I'm not letting you go until you bless me. That's pretty bold. <laughs> and he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Wow. He says, I'm changing you. I'm calling you Israel. Prince with God. You're a prince with God now. Jacob. You know what the word Jacob means? Deceiver. He's a deceiver. He deceived. And God said, you're no longer called Jacob, but Israel. See, the, the, what happened in the place in the wilderness, when you're alone, God gives you, God will help you to identify with him. Your identity will completely, radically change in the wilderness. Why? So that when you come out of that wilderness, you're coming out in a power like Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. You're coming out and, and you're going into the promises. And there's a couple of things I want to touch on before we close. But for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. You struggle with God and men. But you've won. Isn't that something? He won. Why? He wouldn't let go. He said, bless me. Do you understand the word bless? It's, it, when you bless someone, it's not... You, you read the scripture. When they bless someone, sometimes they, they touch different parts. But they, it was a, they, they spoke over them. That's when, when Jacob stole the birthright. Esau went back. He stole it. He, and what did, what did his father say? What did Isaac say? I couldn't. I can't change it. That's, you think, what? Because he, he let that blood, he let that go. He couldn't change it. Wow. See, you, you start getting, you'll start seeing what God's wanting you to see. And it'll be a glorious thing. And you'll come out, you'll, you'll be, praise God. I wrote here, in the wilderness, the Lord wants you to learn how to rest in Him, in His presence. And then He wants you to learn how to speak and become a prophet of your own life. Start speaking right. He want, he's, he, he, you're in the wilderness alone. He, why? He wants you to rest in Him. 
Hebrews 3 and 4. Why couldn't the, why couldn't the Israelites enter the promised land? Unbelief, disobedience. They couldn't enter in. Sent the spies out. You think God wanted them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years? Because they couldn't learn anything. And God said, for every day, the year and old, one year will go by. And they just, can you imagine being, and people do that. They grow, they, they, they grow and they stay in the same neighborhood. Doesn't that happen a lot? And they don't get away. What a sad... Because they're trapped in their mindset. They're trapped in those things and they don't see any way how they can get past that. But what if God says, come on to me, all you who labor and are heavenly. Wow, I'll give you, I'll give you what? I'll give you what? I'll give you what? I'll give you what? Rest. So, in the wilderness, there's rest. See, in the wilderness, we think, oh my God. No, it's a place for rest. God's teaching. God's, I want you to rest in me. Just rest. Believe me. The Bible said to be diligent to enter into his rest. Be diligent. You've got to press into rest. Because things are pressing you. Things are, are wooing you. When the Spirit of God is wooing us to Him, there's also things wooing you other, to other places. Mm-hmm. Psalm 1611, in His presence is fullness of joy. We talk, Hebrews 3 and 4 talk about entering into that rest. But you have... They, they heard His Word, but they didn't mix what? Faith with it. They didn't mix faith. They didn't trust. They didn't believe. They didn't mix faith with it. So they just, they they stayed in the wilderness with unrest. See, everywhere you go, God wants you to be at rest. You can be going through some bad, hard thing, and God said, I want you to still rest. I'm calling you into the wilderness. I'm calling you They looked, they saw the cloud of the glory of God. And what did that cloud do? It was with them that whole 40 years when they were in the wilderness. Pillar of fire at night. Gave them light, kept them warm, protected them. Pillar of cloud. What does a cloud do? Cloud give you also can give you shade. But it's the presence of God is there. In the world. Even the 40 years of their unbelief, God was still there to take care of them. <laughs> wow. Go to Ezekiel 37. We'll close. We looked at Ezekiel 37 a few weeks ago. You learn a rust in the world. You learn, you learn to speak what God is saying. By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be what? Condemned. By your words, not my words. By my own words. Willie, you're not condemned or justified by Debbie's words. It's by your words. And vice versa, isn't it, for all of us? It's by what what words? Because what you say, what you say, it'll, it'll, it's like a magnet that's attracted to you. Why is it? That's just how God made it. 
Whosoever shall say this mountain be removed and be cast into shall not down on earth, but shall believe those things which he says shall come back. He'll have whatever he says. He'll have what? Whatever he says. Of course, according to the will of God. His will is his word. When people say off the wall things and they're confessing, they're confessing. God doesn't hear that because it doesn't even line up to what he's saying in his word. Say amen. Amen. Ezekiel 37, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me in the spirit of the Lord, or brought me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. He's in a valley. Dry bones, a wilderness type thing. There's nothing there. But remember, he brought me out in the spirit. Luke 4, go back to Luke 4 real quick. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. See, remember, Spirit led, Spirit brought Ezekiel. The Spirit is leading. We just have to follow Him. You're in a lonesome place. You need to rejoice. That's a good place to be. Because we look at the wilderness. I don't know how we look at the wilderness. You know, you hear things about the wilderness. It's just it's a lonesome place. I remember before I was saved, I'd go out and party, and, and man, I'd be around friends. We just laugh, and I get back to my dorm. I was lonely. I was alone. I was miserable. All that meant nothing, and I didn't know how to get out of that. So you just keep going through the rigmarole until I finally came to the Lord. When the Lord's there, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. In the presence, there's fullness of joy. In the presence of the Lord, there's what? There's joy. There's joy. There's joy. There's peace. There's love. You ain't gonna get love by someone <coughs> like God can. You ain't. I'm saying that you, you're not. Well, why do we need to be with God? So you can learn. So you can be with Him. So you can be full. That, so when you go out in the world and deal with a bunch of sinful, nasty stuff, you're full of Him. When you're full of Him, when you're full, when you're full, there's no room for anything else. <clears throat> right? You fill up a cup. You fill it. And you keep putting drops in, eventually, you're, you know, that, that, that one drop is going to start spilling over. Why? It's full. It's capped out. It's full. There's no room. So when, when you start adding more, see, that's why God wants you to be full. Overflow, full. So you're full, and, and he adds a little bit more. What's happened? It just spills over. What's spilling over? He's spilling over. He's spilling over, touching this person, and they're like, ooh, what the heck? They look at you and they get mad at you. 
other people are drawn to you. See, different wherever a person's at. That's why people run. They get around the presence of God, they run. Why? Because they're demonized. Those demons don't want to be around that. And if they're not willing, if that person's in their own heart, remember, it's their will. But if, if they're so demonized, it's called possession. They don't, at times, they, their, their free will is being hindered. That's when you pray against that or you cast the devil out. But if they're demon, they still have a will. They, but where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty. And, and, and where, where the Spirit of God is, it starts breaking through that stuff. You read the Scriptures and Jesus going around, what do the demons do? They start screaming or they start making a lot of noise. Throw people on the ground. They start doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I've been there. I've, I've seen that. You start seeing people slithering around like a snake. You start looking at people, and you think, what in the world? Well, you know what's going on. Look like at one time we went to Haiti, and, and um, oh, I forget his name. He, he was sitting next to me. I say, see that girl? She's demon-possessed. After he's like, how did you know that? Well, was it was the word of the Lord? Might have, but I'd like it to look at her. I mean, she's <laughs> demon-possessed. It was Jason. She's demon-possessed. At the end of that service, they brought her up. She came up in line. I'm standing. Next thing I know, she disappeared. She she went. She fell flat on the ground. Started wriggling around like a snake. Yeah, I'm looking at her. She disappeared. Well, because she, I didn't see her drop. I mean, it was like, what'd you do? Cast the devil out of her. And what happened? She came every. That whole week came, was in the right mind, started receiving from the Spirit of God. You see, that's what that's what that's what the Spirit of God does. So your wilderness is a place where you rest in Him. His presence is there. Start, the promises are, are being fulfilled, and He's bringing you into the promise. Back to Ezekiel 37. Then he, verse 2, Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there was very many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Like I said before, that's a, what an answer. He wasn't going to say, Yes, they can live, because he's thinking, probably in his mind, like, Can they live? Now. But, Lord, you're here with me, so you know. He says, prophesy to these bones. Here's what to say. Prophesy. Speak to them. Prophesy. Call it forth. Call those things which be not as though they are. Well, Abraham did. God changed his name. Father of the nation. Started seeing it. Calling those things which be not as though. He was fully persuaded. For what God promises, He's able to perform. In the wilderness, you become fully persuaded. It's what God. God's not going to leave you high and dry. God doesn't lead you to 
like the Israelites complain. Well, your boss out here to die. <laughs> Can you imagine that? No, I dummies, I brought you out of being in bondage for 400 years to bring you into the promised land that's flowing with milk and honey, and they had to carry that fruit. Two guys carrying on a pole, that's some big fruit. No, that's where I'm bringing you. <laughs> I'm bringing you to the wealthy place. Bringing you where... <laughs> You, you take that scripture however you want to take it. Wealthy place. Yeah, you're wealthy. What area do you want to be wealthy in? Your body? Your finances? Your relationships? Where, where, where do you want to be wealthy in? Your mind? He, see, he'll bring you to that place. Isn't it awesome? God does. But you got to lay it all down and then you have to when you lay it all down, Lord see when you lay it all down you don't just have a blank mind you lay it all down, lay it all down, lay it all down okay, it's all laid down and you just wander around. No, you lay it all down so that now you can have the mind of Christ. Are you following me? Lay it all down okay, now what Lord? You take up my mind, mind of Christ. When you start, you start having the mind of Christ. It's the mind of the Word of God. Well, what's the Word saying? You know, I'll give you promises. Well, I fear. No, God said I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but a power, of love, and a sound mind. There's no fear in love. So, well, but but I, I, I'm broke. Well, He said, let the let the poor say I'm rich. And as you give, so there's there's promises that can come to any arena of life that you're in or dealing with. Amen. See, he'll take you into the wilderness so he can reveal things to you. Solitary. It's you and him. Okay, Lord, what are you saying? You know, sometimes it takes a little while to figure out what God's saying. But I can always tell you, you know what he's saying? He's saying the word. If you can't, man, I can't distinguish in my heart, then you go to the Word. You just get the Word in you. Well, He'll start bringing things out to you. He'll start revealing things. People want to know the, the will of God where it's not clear in the Scriptures, but they don't have any Scriptures in them. The un, you know, call it the unknown will of God. Well, what is that? What type of job do you want me? Where do you want me to live? Well, Lord, where? Who do you have for a spouse for me? All these things. Well, but if, if you're not in, if you're not with Him, and and the Word's not in you, and you're not speaking what He says, how's He going to show you that when you won't even follow what's written? No, I want more. <laughs> Remember, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for right. What? They'll be filled. But then things don't look so... Things come your way. That's, that's an easy job for Superman. Superman was tough. Right? Shoot him with bullets. He'd bounce off his chest. Well, who's... It's the Holy Spirit. It's the armor of God. See, the Holy Spirit always reveals the scriptures to you. Don't forget that. It's good to soak in his presence and worship and awe. But then after all that, 
he's going to lead you to the word. Ah, well, more than the word. No, you you hunger for right. You hunger for the word. God will give you experiences. He'll give you an experience. What kind of experience you want? Well, I want to feel love. Oh, it'll love of God has been poured out in your heart. That, that, you'll feel that love. It'll it'll be ripping and roaring out, out of your innermost being. It'll flow rivers of living water. Those rivers start flowing. Boy, you'll. I don't know God is there. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you even until the end. But I don't feel him. You don't need to feel him. You feel your liver right now? <laughs> what is that? Feel your brain. Well, if it hurts. Well, <laughs> you don't feel your brain. How do you know you got a brain? Scarecrow, what did he want? A heart? Brain. See, I don't know. You wanted a brain. Oh, if I only had a brain. Well, you got a brain. I need a new heart. You got a new heart at salvation. Well, my mind needs to change. You have the mind of Christ. I have Alzheimer's. What does Alzheimer's affect? Your mind? Yes. Anyway, you have the mind of Christ. So how do you fight Alzheimer's? You fight it with the Word. Anything that you fight it with the Word of God. Greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. So in the wilderness, He's with you. Praise God. He's and and see that's what I'm saying. The wilderness isn't many times what you think it is. But in the wilderness, there's always, you're only, though I may walk through the valley of shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Why? His rod and his staff comfort you. Really, his spirit and his word comfort you. You're walking through. I'm in the wilderness. You're walking through. Wherever, you're just walking through, praise God. You might want to jog at times, you want to jog through. Just, you're walking through, praise God. Not going to camp out there. The only place I'm going to camp out is in, in the presence of God. Last thing. God promised Abram says so your seed Before he said your seed will be like a star, he took him out and showed him the stars. Boy, the other night I looked up there, stars all over. You go to a certain place on the earth, well, in Haiti, if it's clear, my God, you just die. Oh, there's just stars everywhere. So that's your seed will be like that. And he believed God and was counting him for righteousness. Look. Wow. God said, your seed will be like the star. What did God do? He gave him a promise. He shared his word with him. Are you following me? He shared his word. He shares this word with us. And when it's in there, then he starts opening up things so you can understand. God's not trying to hide from you. God's not trying to make this a hard thing. My God, I can't understand what's going on. No. 
maybe you don't want to know. There's something you don't just don't want to know. But Lord, you're working it all out for good. He works it out for good. Well, I broke my leg. Well, uh, praise the Lord. No. But God will turn it for good. God gets blamed for a lot of things he doesn't do. But see, when you're in the wilderness, when you're one on one of him, you start learning God. You start understanding, wait a minute. He's not saying this. He's not doing this. Well, I'm ugly. Did God say you're ugly? If God says you're ugly, you're ugly. But he doesn't say you're ugly. Right? God doesn't say you're ugly. Well, but I'm ugly. To who? Well, they said I'm ugly. Big deal. They're as blind as a bat anyway. They can't see. Someone close to me said this about me. Okay, what does someone that's closer to you, God, say? <clears throat> well, where's God? He's in you. He's, you can't get any closer than that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, oh, praise God. Thank you. Luke 4.14. Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit. Lord, thank you. Coming out in your power. With your wisdom, with your joy, peace, love, prosperity, your health. Thank you for teaching us. Teach us all things. Lord, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. Lord, they feel like they're in the wilderness. Lord, that they can see that as a different thing than what they may have thought. But it's a place of one-on-one -on -one with you. You're shutting everything else off. Shown in movies sometimes. Um, where they'll, they'll show the perspective. There's a lot going on, all of a sudden they just they narrow it down. And and it's like that person can only see one thing. That's that's how God He narrows everything now so that you just see it. All this clutter, all this stuff. Narrow it down. And after you see him, then he starts opening up avenues. That's what he's doing. Amen. I want us to receive our tithes and offer. We need to take this word and really meditate on it.